The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Ding dong, the witch is dead in a couple of ways. First of all, the Royals hit two dongs tonight. Eric Hosmer, his seventh home run of the season. Paul Orlando, his first. And not only that, but ding dong, the witch is dead because the Royals have now won back-to-back games for the first time since April 21st and April 22nd. As KC outslugs the best offense in baseball, 8-4, to four, moving back to 500 at 19 and 19 and looking to be in pretty darn good shape for a split tomorrow and two out of three from Boston, which would give KC a very good 4-2 and two homestand. And it's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. A very positive edition tonight. And we've been positive pretty much the entire season, but especially tonight. Lots to go over. We'll discuss both games tomorrow, preview those. We'll go over this game. We'll talk about Kyle Zimmer at AA Northwest Arkansas. But we begin with our player of the game tonight, and that's Paulo Orlando. Who else could it be, right? Paulo, three out of four in this game with a home run, a triple, four RBIs, and two runs scored. The return of Triple O, right? Remember last year in April and May, just triples like every other day. Nice to see another one tonight. And it's just so fun to watch him run around the bases. Those big long strides. If 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 you watch, if you're in the ballpark tonight and watch closely. A lot of the Red Sox just seemed like you, you could tell they were genuinely surprised how fast he was with those strides. I mean, you can see the track starting. I saw a couple of guys even kind of looking at the replay, and it seemed like they were more so. They all look up there to see where the pitch was located and where he hit it and everything. But it was almost like to me, it was like, wow, that guy can really run. That's how I read it. So nice job by Paulo tonight. Three for four with the home run triple, four RBIs, two runs scored. And let's take that one step further and look at the six through nine spots in the Royals order. They got nine of the 11 KC hits tonight from that bottom. Wow. Overall, 9 for 15. Seven runs scored, five RBIs. Salvi, one for three with two runs. Chesler, three for four with a double and a run as he continues to hit and make it a difficult decision when Mike Moustakis is activated this weekend in Chicago as he heads down for a couple quick games, it sounds like, in O-Town. Now, Omar Infante, two for four. With two hits, two runs, and an RBI, how fitting was it that Omar did not bunt with the runner at second and nobody out? And then the next time he comes up, runner at first and one out, does lay down a bunt. And the ball ends up down the right field line when the Boston reliever guns it right past first base, right? Past Hanley Ramirez up the right field line. And that really broke the game wide open, obviously, with Paulo going yard right after that. Paul, like we already said, three for four, home run, triple, four RBIs, two runs. Now, Eric Hosmer, mentioned at the top, also goes deep, his seventh of the year off Rick Porcello. And the Royals, something else I want to give them credit for, not just the home run ball tonight, not just the scoring the eight runs, but a lot of that was due to two things. Number one, they saw pitches. Number two, they walked four times. How about four walks tonight? And only five strikeouts. Five strikeouts is okay, especially if you're walking four times. So the Royals put the ball in play. They're a little bit more patient. They waited out Porcello, hit the good pitches that they could, and had a great night. And, and then they obviously gave Porcello his worst start of the year, too. Five-plus innings for Rick. Four earned runs on eight hits, three Ks, and two walks. Just a nice job overall for the Royals' offense. Now, pitching-wise, it was another one of those nights. And last week here, about this night, I think it was, actually. Might have been Wednesday. It might have been tonight. Well, I've been last Tuesday. Whenever Ian Kennedy pitched at Yankee Stadium. Might have been Thursday. Whenever it was. Must have been. No, it was Wednesday, I think. It doesn't matter. You know, I t- I said that night that, that uh, Kennedy pitched a lot better than his line. 
and that two of the three home runs allowed were the Yankee Stadium variety. Well, tonight it was the same thing with Ventura, not the home runs because, you know, there weren't any, but, well, except for the Shaw one. <laughs> other than that, though, other than the three-run shot there in the sixth, but I'm saying there weren't any home runs of the Yankee Stadium or, you know, BS variety. It was, the line was just a lot better than it should have been tonight for Ventura. It ended up being five and two-thirds, four runs, seven hits, five Ks, and a walk. Really could have been more like six innings, one run. Very easily, right? I mean, Ventura just made that one bad pitch that tailed back over the middle to Shaw, who did not miss it. He's been on fire all season long. A guy you don't hear much about. Look up his numbers. It'll make you be like, wow, Travis Shaw's been a stud for Boston. But yeah, I mean, those three runs in the sixth inning, I thought Ned pulled him at the perfect time. He, he left him in there. You know, look, Coach is getting hot. I think Coach Aver would have come in had that not been a home run. Let's say he doubles. I think Ned goes to him right there. But it was kind of like one of those things where, okay, there's two outs. We're still up by one. We'll see if he can get us through six here now. And he couldn't. He walked Jackie Bradley Jr. And Ned wouldn't got him at the right time. Now, speaking of walking Jackie Bradley Jr., that was the key tonight amongst a few other things. Only one walk. That was the only walk all night. And it was the last batter Ventura faced. And, and as we heard Ned discuss on the postgame, one of the questions was, you know, velocity seemed better. Why is that? Was it the extra day because of the rain out? Ned's like, no, guys, the velocity's fine. You're the ones making a big deal out of it. It's because Jordano used his four-seam fastball more tonight than he has. It's been more so the two-seam variety for the majority of this year. The four-seam is straighter. The two-seam tails and moves more. The four-seam, easier to control, and something Boston probably wasn't used to seeing or looking for as much. Kind of mixing it up, giving them more looks tonight, which you have to do against a team like that. And that four-seam sits more in the 96 range, tops out at 98, versus the two-seam, which is more in the 91-92, topping out 93-94 range. So that was another difference. The, you know, the walks, the command was much better. The fastballs were a bit different with the velocity. And the breaking pitch, obviously, secondary pitches all night long, looked phenomenal for Ventura, who would have, against a lesser opponent, had six innings, one run, maybe even more than that and even could have easily tonight against Boston. And obviously the Royals need Ventura, this Ventura, if they're going to get to their goals this year, especially with Chris Medlin and Chris Young, you know, dealing with the injuries. I think it's pretty clear that Chris Young will not be back in the rotation anytime soon. I got to think Dylan G, if he pitches halfway decent, has got that spot locked down for a while. And I think that obviously you've got Mike Miner coming soon. What probably three to four more minor league starts, and you can probably slate him in for Duffy, move Duffy back to the bullpen. And another guy that you could see at some point is Kyle Zimmer. Let's talk about him real quick. Kyle Zimmer, who was, according to Vance Wilson, in the postgame interview, slated tonight to pitch three innings. And Vance said, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's physical? Or does it mean that Zimmer is somehow the 26th man for the doubleheader tomorrow? I mean, the Naturals are at home, so it's only a three-hour drive for Zimmer to get here. But why throw him just one inning? That's what he did. He went one inning, allowing one run, one hit, two Ks, two walks. And was pulled after just 22 pitches tonight. 11 balls, 11 strikes. So, is Zimmer the 26th man tomorrow? It would seem odd to use him for an inning today, because he's been throwing back-to-back days, to my knowledge, all season, unless it was extended somehow, and I didn't know about it. But I don't, I, I don't think that could be what it is. I, I almost hope it is, because if Zimmer just went one inning when Vance said he was slated for three, you almost wonder if something's wrong with him again. And if that's the case, man, oh man. So who knows? Maybe he's the 26th man. I mean, I would doubt it, but who knows? I mean, I don't know why the Rails would pitch him at all today if he was, but maybe they see him as a guy who gives them one or two innings out of the pen in one of the games tomorrow if they need him, and they want to get his feet wet and just make him a little hungrier and get him his big leg debut out of the way, get that out of the way. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, bullpen tonight was great as well for the Royals. Ho Chaver, Herrera, Soria, three shutout innings. 
One hit, two Ks, and a walk. Just two base runners in three and a third. Overall, nice defense. We saw Salvador Perez, just a boss behind the plate, leading the league now. His 12th assist tonight from behind the dish. You know, what, approaching 60%? He might even be at 60% now. I haven't looked at at that in about two days. He's got to be about 60% at throwing out base runners, which is insane. That just doesn't happen, right? It's asinine. So, just a nice win for the Royals. Not one I expected them to get. I saw the Royals getting one game coming into the series. That's what I told you. I thought they would win the Stephen Wright game, which was originally going to be scheduled for game three. And now the starters are all messed up. (laughs) So, So, let's go through this here. And look at what is coming up tomorrow. Stephen Wright will take on Ian Kennedy in game one of the doubleheader tomorrow afternoon as the Royals will try to get at least two out of three in this series. It'd be nice to get that first one because you're going to be seeing David Price in the second one. So game one tomorrow, we'll have Ian Kennedy against Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright, the knuckleballer, is 3-3 three and three with a 2-3-6. Ian Kennedy, 4-3 and three with a 3-2-5. Now, Wright comes off four and a third, five runs against Houston, who, by the way, beat the White Sox in 11 innings tonight after the bullpen blew it in the ninth. Lou Gregerson's got to be moved out of closer soon, doesn't he? That's two in a row blowing saves for him. Tony Sipp also almost blew it in the 11th after the Astros put up a two spot at the top. The White Sox come back, get one in the bottom, and have a runner at second with two outs, and the Astros get out of it. So nice job by Houston tonight, long story short. But against the Astros, though, yeah, four and a third, five runs. His worst start was against Houston for Wright. Before that, he'd gone six straight outings of six or more. The Royals have only seen Stephen Wright once, and nobody has more than three career ABs, so nothing worth talking about. Now, Ian Kennedy, like I said, the Yankee Stadium game, six and a third, seven runs. Only three Red Sox have seen him. Ryan Hannigan's two for eight. Hanley Ramirez, three for 21. Yikes. And Josh Rutledge, five for 16 with a home run. That's the, you know, I, I like the Royals a lot in this game tomorrow. In the first game I'm talking about. That's the one you really want to get. Because then you see David Price, like I said, the nightcap versus Edinson Volquez. You've got to give Boston a pretty uh, decent edge. And, and with that said, right, or not right, uh, Price's numbers have been awful this year. He's 5-1 and one with an even 6 ERA. You look at all the different metrics. The swing and misses are down. Uh, he's you know the fastball command's not there. Velocity's the a little bit off. And then, but if you just look at the basic dumb man stats... 6.00 is all you really need to know about David Price. He's been getting hard, hit hard all year. And the metrics support that. It's not too much bad luck. Although he did come off a pretty boss start. I said twice I've used boss on this podcast. I don't think I've ever said boss ever in a dish. That's pretty impressive. Volquez, though, 4-3 and three with a 3-5-1. ADD's kicking in here. Let's wrap this up here soon. But David Price comes off, like I said, a great start. Six and two-thirds against the aforementioned Astros. 12 Ks, one run. So coming off 12 Ks and one run and six and two-thirds. We know him well from last year's playoffs. Low Kane, 364 off of Price and 11 ABs with a home run. Cologne, 3 for 6. Hosmer, 2 for 11. Salvi, 3 for 9 with a home run. We'll see if the Royals can find anything off of Price tomorrow. You know, Rusty Kuntz and company found he was tipping when his changeup was coming and tipping when he was coming home, ways they could steal. It was a really interesting SI article. Hope you were able to read that. I think that might have been actually the championship commemorative edition of SI where that article was out about David Price and how the Royals advanced scouting may have won that ALCS form. So we'll see what they have with their sleeve tomorrow for him. you got to like him in game two against Volquez. Volquez, seven innings against Atlanta was good. One run, six hits, two Ks. 
Two Red Sox have seen him double digit times. Hanley, three for 13. Rutledge, five for 12. So overall, you got to like the Royals to get the split. I really want to get that first game, though, obviously, because you're getting the less superior opponent in, in Stephen Wright, at least on paper. Uh, not too many knuckleballers left. I believe he's the last one in the American League other than our boy R.A. Dickey. Second game, David Price is going to be a lot tougher, but we'll see how the Royals do against him. It'll be an interesting matchup with the strikeout potential he's been showing in recent starts and with the numbers that he has so far. Will the Royals light him up? Will they surprise us? Who knows? How will Volquez do? Well, a couple starts before the last one have been getting hit pretty hard, very shaky, and didn't miss too many bats last time out against Atlanta. So how will he do? We'll find out tomorrow. Look forward to it. Two games. We will be back on Friday, by the way, with our next dish after the game on Friday night. Look forward to this road trip, by the way, with Chicago kicking it off. Wow. See the White Sox two times in the next, what, 12 days? You see them this weekend up at Chicago. They come to the K for four the next weekend. So we'll see them finally get seven of the 19 going. Obviously, the Royals in the middle of a huge stretch of games here the next week and a half. We'll be back on Friday with more dishes. We will be back with an interview, though, on Thursday around lunchtime. Corey Toops from Wilmington joins us, a guy who's had a very nice couple of seasons, continues to play a nice shortstop for Wilmington. Still has a lot more growth than that bat, I believe. Can really run. Just a little pop. Look him up. Corey Toops will join us coming up. We spoke with him the day after he was drafted out of Sam Houston State, a college teammate of Masher Ryan O'Hearn, who's currently hitting out the cover off the ball there in the Texas League. So Corey Toops coming up on Thursday, the dish back on Friday. Until then, have yourself a great couple of days, and go Royals. Let's get at least one tomorrow. And, man, if we get two, I'll go nuts.